I want to finish the series I've been doing, just talking about fig leaves and other kinds of coverings people put up. How many found that there's been some fig leaves around you've discovered in the last couple of weeks? Uh, that's right. We suddenly find we're covering up all kinds of stuff. Holy Ghost, of course, is a sign to uncover everything. But uh, let's just go back and pick up where we were, and then I'll just uh, draw this to, to close you today. In Genesis 3, verse 7 to 10, and it says, uh, Then the eyes of both of them were open. They knew they were naked. And, and now, they made a choice at that point. They had done wrong. They felt guilt and shame, and they, they were aware their condition was uh, not what God intended. They'd sinned and fallen short of what God had, had given to them. In other words, they were aware of failure in their life. They were aware of a mess in their life. Now, at that point, they had a choice. Here's the choice. Run to God, run away from God. When something's gone wrong in your life, there's a mess in your life, you have a choice. Run to God or try and control your world, run away from God. It's always the same. It's never been any difference. When you're in pain, when you're struggling, when you've got difficulties, pressures, you make a choice. Run to God or run away from Him and try and control your world. And uh, we see, of course, if they had run to God and asked for mercy, they would have been forgiven. This whole deal wouldn't have happened like it has. Instead, they covered up. They covered themselves and drew back from being true and authentic with one another. They then, when they heard the voice of God, they ran and they hid themselves among the trees. Notice, awareness of God caused them to run and hide. You notice, when you begin to talk about God with people, immediately they go into hiding. Or angry reaction, which is another form of hiding. They don't always talk and openly about what's going on. And this is a legacy of the fall. We would rather control our life and our world than surrender and acknowledge our need for God. And that's the core of what this whole thing's about. And I have counseled uh, people in these last few weeks where issues like this are coming up. I've counseled over years. It's always the same. We choose to run to the Lord in our pain, brokenness, and need and discover His way of resolving and working our way out of things, or we try and control the pain and take control of our own world. It always boils down to that. So inevitably, when it comes to facing issues in your life, whatever those issues are, the core issue at the bottom of it will be fear and shame and attempts to control your world. And so God wants us to be authentic. We started off and we were looking at the Good Samaritan parable and how the man went and entered the world of others. If we're going to enter the world of people, we need to have some awareness of our own life and awareness of what God is doing and has done. And we also need to be able to enter and be aware of where other people are at. When you've never let God work in your own life, you don't really have a lot of sensitivity awareness of other people. And uh, notice in Genesis 3 verse 21, in spite of all that happened, God still made provision for them. It's always in the heart of God to provide for our nakedness, lack, brokenness, and pain. This is the heart of God. God wants to help. Whatever you're going through, God wants to help. And not only that, God makes provision, but inherently in God's provision, there is a cost. Notice he made skins for them. Something died to yield up the skin. So whenever God works in our life, inevitably there's a cost. There's something you have to face. There's pain involved. And always there's the price of what Jesus paid at Calvary to bring healing, deliverance, freedom, release for us. So that's where we've uh, been in this last couple of weeks. And we saw that if we wanted to uh, get out or make changes in our life, one of the first keys was to just become aware of our life. You need to become, develop an awareness 
of what you feel, what you think, how you behave, how you react. Many people are unaware. If you're not aware, ask someone to give you feedback, and then they'll make you aware of things that you're not aware of. You may not want to hear it, but if we want to grow, then let someone around you talk into your life. Make them welcome. Welcome their feedback. Start to notice what you feel, what you're facing, what you're experiencing. Second thing is we had to commit to the process of change. Change was a process. Uh, although God does a miraculous part, there's the part we have to work out in changing our thinking, owning our mistakes, coming honest with people. Sometimes there's confession. We need to come free and talk to someone about what we've done. Sometimes we need to put a relationship right. And always we need to change how we think. But then the third aspect of this process of change is we need to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And that's where I want to go today. God made a covering. His covering for us is found in a relationship. What Adam lost was relationship and dominion. What Jesus came to restore to us was relationship and dominion. Notice what Jesus said in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We want to just look in this one session on developing intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We need to do more on that next year. But right now, we'll just do one, just to get you started. So verse 40, verse 16, I will pray the Father, He will give you another helper or comforter, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Notice what Jesus has made a promise. He's about to go into heaven, and he said, now this is, I, I'm making a, a promise to you of this. Here's the promise. You will not be orphaned or abandoned and have to do life on your own. Now, of course, one of the problems of the fall is we do life on our own. We build walls around us, fig leaves around us, we hide from relationship, and we do life alone. How many people understand what that's like? You've had to find your way through life and to really work at things and find out many things the hard way because there wasn't anyone to coach you. You had to do it on your own. How many found that? A lot of people like that, eh? A lot of us like that. But Jesus said, you don't have to do life on your own. I'm promising you a comforter. The word comforter is one who is called near to be an intimate friend with you. So God's answer to our dilemma in life is to bring and impart to us His own Spirit, the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God, not some force. The Holy Spirit's a person. He's a person that Jesus has given to you in order that you will have a friend, a comforter, someone to coach you through life. So one of the great challenges as a Christian is to come to love and respect and to be aware of the presence and activity of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said uh, uh, very clearly that this was the promise that He's made for us. So if I just identify three things about the Holy Spirit, just so you become aware of that. Number one, it says there, He's the Spirit of truth. That word truth means nothing's covered over. So you have the Holy Spirit living with you. He won't leave anything in your life covered over. If you will listen to Him, He will uncover the deepest, darkest areas of your life in order that you can face them and be healed and restored and come out into the light instead of living, hiding away in the trees where no one ever really knows you. The work of the Spirit of God is to bring us into revelation of truth, not just doctrinal truth, but truth, all truth. Truth about our behavior, our attitudes, our thoughts. Truth about Jesus Christ. 
truth about our destiny. There's, he's the spirit of truth. He doesn't leave anything uncovered. If you'll give him room, he will come to every part of your life, your finances, marriages, family, relationships, your secret desires or lusts or fantasy. He'll come into every year if you'll let him, and he will tell you exactly what's going on. And if you won't listen, he will stir someone else to come and talk to you so you get the message. He is the spirit of truth. Therefore, you want to walk with God, you have to walk determined, you not lead a covered life. You lead an open, authentic, genuine life. Can't walk with God without that. Second thing the Holy Spirit is, tells us in the book of Romans, He's the Spirit of adoption. That means it's the Holy Spirit who places us into a relationship of sonship with the Father, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to mature us and grow us up so we can receive everything God has for us. So it's the work of the Holy Spirit to leave nothing uncovered in your life that would leave you immature. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to coach you and help you grow so you don't remain an immature, a self-centered, disoriented believer. He wants you to be productive ambassador of the kingdom of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the third thing it says, he's called the Spirit of grace. That means it's the Holy Ghost who empowers you to do the hard things. He is the one who imparts grace, the strength to overcome sin, to deal with issues in life. The Holy Spirit is given to you, a friend, someone nearby, someone to tell your life like it is, someone to bring you into maturity as a son of the Father, to reveal the Father, so he experiences love, someone to help you grow and get the, to get to be the victor in life. What a great person the Holy Spirit is. Man, that's only a little bit about what the Bible says. We need to know the Holy Spirit. We need to know Him. Know Him. And you notice what else it says? It says, He will be in you. Now, that's interesting. He said He was with you, but He now will be in you. That means, get this, if you're going to grow as a Christian, you must develop your inner life. So if you're covering over your inner life, how can you develop your inner life? The Holy Spirit is given to dwell within us. In Ephesians 3.16, Paul prays this prayer. He says that you might be strengthened with might in the inner man. So how are you going to get the ability to stand up in life? It'll come from within you. Don't be waiting for some great thing to come from heaven. Heaven is going to come forth from within you. The Holy Ghost, the anointing, abides within you to teach you, help you, strengthen you. You've got to learn to develop a strong inner life with God that you might dwell, the love of God might dwell in your hearts. So the Holy Spirit wants to help us to deepen our relationship connection with God, to face the issues of life, so we are able to express from our life greater dimensions of being more productive, showing the love of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't listen to what's going on inside you, you're missing God all the time. If the only time you're listening is Sundays, you're missing God most of your life. Every day the Holy Spirit is there to talk with you. Every day the Holy Spirit's there to show you stuff. Every day the Holy Spirit's there to show you where you, you went wrong or where your motive was wrong or whatever to get you so that you stand up and you walk right. Every day when you wake up, He's already ready to empower you for the day. 
And if you're going to build a great and a powerful life, you can't do it by just trying to be a good person. It's impossible. If it was possible to live the Christian life just by being a good person, you'd have never needed the Holy Spirit in you. You need the Holy Spirit to give you the energy, oomph, and drive and empowerment to do what the Word of God says. So if we're going to become powerful Christians, you can't have your life all covered up. You can't. You actually have to deal with stuff. So walking with God involves developing our spiritual life and developing an inner life that can carry that. Now, here's an interesting thing. I've observed over the years many mighty men of God do great and mighty things for God. So I realize you can develop your faith life and see great things for God. I've seen people move in the Spirit very powerfully, and I realize you can develop spiritual sensitivity and how to flow with the gifts of God. But then I've also seen many great men fall. And I think, well, that's a bit weird. If they're so close to God and do all these things, how come they fell over? How come the wheels came off them? How come they fell over and got involved in immorality? It's very simple because... To be able to walk with God, to be productive, is not just about developing the spiritual side of us. We must develop the character, our emotional area, the soul area. We must prosper in our soul as well. So if your soul's a mess, even if you can prophesy over the course of your life, you may be able to do miracles, your life will not produce great fruit because the way you do life will undermine the ministry you have. And it doesn't matter where we are in life. You can be so gifted in business, but I tell you, if you get involved in adultery, man, oh man, that costs you big bits. It'll cost you half, if not more, of everything you own. Plus, it'll also cost you reputation, cost you emotional damage, you wound yourself, all kinds of stuff. There's huge implications of not building a strong inner life. So we must be committed. So I'm, I'm on about this. I'm passionate about this because I've been around a long time and seen many, many great men of God, and they never finished their course well. All that went wrong was there was a brokenness, a coveredness, there were fig leaves in the soul, and they did not get whole. And so the great call of God was undermined by the brokenness in their soul. Hence, we need to develop a great inner life. And the Holy Spirit is one of these, the major asset we have in being able to develop a great inner life. One of the things uh, I was thinking about as I was thinking about this, and we're going to get onto this in a moment, is if, if I'm going to walk in the Spirit, be productive as a believer, I must become familiar with the working of the Holy Spirit. So let me give you a few simple keys on intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Intimacy is a feeling of being close. So if I, I, want, if I wanted to find out how close you feel to God, very simple. I just put someone in front of you and ask you to pray for them, bring a word from God for them. And immediately, if you are living a long way from God, you'll feel immediately uncomfortable. You'll become conscious of how far you are from God when you have to bring something from God to a person. That's the thing that brings, that's why a lot of people don't want to minister to people. Now next year we'll run four equipping seminars. You'll come to all of those. You'll have a great range of skills both uh, the knowledge and the practical on how to minister to people. But in order to walk that life, you've got to live a life open to God. See, so here we go. Let's have a look at some keys. Here's the first key. Now, this is one of the simplest ones, yet the hardest one. And here it is, number one. If you want to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit, 
Number one, slow down. Slow down. The boat, the faster the boat goes, the shallower it gets in the water. Some of you are going at high speeds and you're very shallow. So there's no substance or depth in your life and relationships. Anyone who's been married a while realize you can have no true sexual intimacy without taking time. Wasn't that true? Some some are like, I don't know what he's talking about. I know you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, well, we could talk about that next year too. That'd be a good thing to get on, wouldn't it, eh? Be a good subject, wouldn't it? Can already feel the nervousness. Okay, let's go back into Luke chapter 10. And it says, notice here, I'll just pick up a couple of thoughts out of this. Uh, Notice it said, verse 38, it came to pass as they went into a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into a house. She had a sister called Mary who also, so she made him welcome, but she also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Uh, Martha was distracted with much serving. So she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care, my sisters, leave me alone. You tell her to help me. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're troubled and worried about many things, but there's one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen that good part. I'm not going to take it away from her. Now, if you're going to create awareness of what is going on in your inner life, you have to slow down. That doesn't mean you stop altogether or lazy sit around. If you're going to develop sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, you have to slow down. If we're going to love the Lord our God with all our heart, there have to be times we slow down. Because if you don't slow down, you find you can't become conscious of the presence of God. One of the biggest issues in being conscious of the presence of God is slowing down the busyness of your soul and enabling yourself to become quiet enough to hear His voice. Notice with Mary, she was busy, she was pressured, she had lots of, I have to get this done, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. She was driven by the demands of the tasks. And there's nothing wrong with having a great list of tasks. That's wonderful to have a great list of things to do. In fact, if you're walking in the call of God, you should be a very busy person. Jesus said, be busy till I come. But this is a matter of prioritizing. So our busyness flows out of our being in the presence of God. So Martha's issue was this. You notice she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me alone and now I've got to do all this work. Why don't you tell her what to do? You tell her. Why didn't she just say, I need some help? So you see, the pressures of having to do so much caused her to be unable to rest and enjoy a special moment. And so she was troubled, anxious. Notice what happened. She's beginning to accuse the Lord. You don't seem to care about me. And my sister, well, I'm resentful about her. And she's left me alone. I'm feeling all alone. Notice the loneliness and disconnection that's in her life because she's chosen or hasn't prioritized the life right. And so Mary, in, in, return, in, in, in contrast, was, was seizing the opportunity. She made Jesus welcome. There was an opportunity to enjoy Him, to enjoy Him, and to listen to Him, and she chose it. Now, that's what intimacy is about. It's, taking, it's making a choice to enjoy the presence of God and to listen to Him personally. That's what intimacy is about. It doesn't have to be a big, long prayer time. It's about making the choice to slow down 
enjoy the presence and become conscious of His presence and listen to what He has to say. That's what intimacy is about. It's not a very big thing, is it? Hard to do, though. How do you find it hard to do? Hard to do because there's so much pressure on you. Every the demand, the demand. So we have to actually practice slowing down. When you come home, how present are you with your family? Are you there, but you're not there? Your mind's somewhere else? You're busy in your mind. Your body's there. You are not present and engaged in connecting. And so children feel father is still out, at, out to lunch. He's out at business. Your wife feels you're not there. Why? Because you haven't actually come home yet. Your, your mind is elsewhere. There's no attention being given. There's no focus on the people who are there. So you don't enter their relationship. They don't enjoy your presence, and you don't enjoy theirs either. You've got to make a decision on the way home to start to slow down so you can enter home and enjoy. It's the same in the workplace. We've been so busy in the workplace, we actually miss the people around us God called us to minister to. We're not aware of them. We're aware of our task list. And this is the pressure the world brings on. And the Bible says in the book of Daniel, it'll get worse in the last times. So we're living in a day of accelerated pressure, and in that you have to learn how to slow down and become aware of people, aware of those around you you love, aware of yourself, what's going on inside me. Some people, when there's stuff going on inside them, they just distract themselves with more busyness. They don't want to face what's in them. But if you're feeling pain, you need to acknowledge it. It's your pain. If, you, if you're feeling disappointment, it's your disappointment. It won't go away. You've got to face it and resolve it. If you're feeling pressure, then you need to acknowledge it and face it. If you're feeling a struggle or discouragement or you don't know what to do or you're a bit lost, don't just get another DVD out and watch it. Don't just open another bottle of wine. Don't just do the things to distract you. Face what's there and come to the Lord instead of trying to control the pain by controlling your world. We need to learn how to connect with what's happening. If you want to find out what's going on, you've got to listen to what's happening inside you and become conscious and aware of what's going on in there. So you can talk to the Lord about it. You get His wisdom, you get His help. Otherwise, you just carry on. And so many believers carry on and never stop to look at the inner world. And so they get full of resentment and anger and manipulation, all kinds of stuff, and they never stop to look at what is going on. And the Holy Spirit's wanting to grow you up out of that stuff. But if you won't slow down, he has, to allow, he has to build a wall in your way so you hit the wall head on, and then when your nose is bleeding and you're feeling the pain, then you stop and say, maybe there's something wrong. As soon as it stops bleeding and you don't feel the hurt, hey, back again, we're on that rush again. And that's how some people live their life. And they're just in a cycle of things happening that never change because they never stop to find out what's going on. And then the third one, of course, we need to become aware of. We need to become aware of the presence of God. Slow down, become aware of God. If you don't slow down, you can't become aware of God. You're not a human doing. You're a human being. You're not a machine. So you've got to love and value yourself and enjoy the journey. Are there pressures? Heaps of them. But what you do is what counts on the inside. So some people live their life, and I'll just put it in a simple nutshell, you're consumed with trying to control your world. And to slow down means you have to say this, God is in control, and I don't need to be in control of the world. He was here before I came, 
It'll be here after I leave. And I am not God. I don't have to be in charge. So I can stop. And I can let God take care of the world while I just connect with God. That's kind of deep, isn't it? But it's actually where people are. Even though you haven't really thought it through, what we actually do is we carry on like we are in charge of the world. And we're determined to control that world because you never know when it'll fall apart. Something around us might happen. So we're driven by fear and the belief God can't be trusted and we are the only ones can be trusted with our world. So now when people disrupt our world, we get angry, we get upset, we lose our call, all kinds of stuff is going on because we are God. Well, actually, if you haven't realized it, you're not made to be God yet. We're made in His image, but we can't do His job. You know, like that movie, what was that movie, uh, that, that one with Jim Carrey in it? it was Bruce. Bruce Almighty, and that was great. With what it becomes, what it's like when you try to play God. You know, it really is very difficult. It's better to resign from being God and say, actually, I've got limits on what I can do. It's okay for me to have limits. And one of the things I've determined to do is I'm going to build my closeness with God. Very simple. So how are you going to do that? Here's a few simple keys for you. We uh, need to fellowship with the Holy Ghost. And intimacy means talking, listening, and enjoying the presence. See, see? So talking listening, and enjoying someone. So if I'm going to be intimate with someone, I need to be able to just enjoy them. I know we have some fast songs. They're to get you from being apathetic. Once you jumped up and down a few times and loosened up, you're willing to get going. You don't need those songs anymore. It's just to get your body moving. And out of the apathy, really the thing is to actually engage in our heart with the Lord, to become and be able to enjoy Him. Some people are too busy, they can't enjoy silence, can't enjoy it. It requires solitude to build intimacy with the Lord. Solitude is a crucial part of building intimacy with the Lord. You must have time to be alone. And being alone means you shut out the world. No one has access, you're alone. Wherever that place is, okay, uh, you just choose, but you've got to have solitude. In Mark uh, 1 verse 35, it tells us that Jesus rose up very early. He had an early prayer life. He got up early in the morning. So intimacy with the Lord is, is, requires a number of things. But let me give you a couple of simple things. Number one, you need to build daily time with God. Build an altar to the Lord. Make sure that you build some time when you are alone with God. There's a time when you're praying in tongues, stirring your spirit, man. Time when you're worshiping Him. Time when you're reading the Word of God. Time perhaps when you're journaling. Uh, those things that make up a daily devotional time, most of you are familiar with. But I want to share with you something else that will actually lift this level to another level altogether. And uh, it's called what I call praise pauses. And uh, so you've got daily devotion. You get up in the morning, have a time with God. Uh, I encourage you to think about doing praise pauses. In Psalm 119, verse 164, David seven times again a day stopped to become aware of the presence of God and to just praise Him. Daniel 3 and 610, Daniel three times a day stopped to become conscious of the presence of God. Now, he managed a country size of the United States, and yet three times a day he stopped to become conscious of the presence of God. So <clears throat> to praise pause means simply stopping to center your attention on the Lord and enjoy Him. That's all it is. It's just a pause anywhere you want it in your day to just praise the Lord 
and enjoy being with them. That's all it is. And uh, it takes a bit of energy to do that, I can tell you. Uh, you have to make a decision to do it. And uh, some people call it practicing the presence of God. Any kind of way you want to call it doesn't worry. It's just actually you just got to stop. <laughs> got to stop for a moment. So let me just give you a few things that make it up, and then we'll finish up. How can you do this? The first thing you've got to do is just stop. You've got to make a conscious decision somewhere in your day, preferably two or three times through the day. You'll just stop what you're doing. Let the world carry on without you. With all its messes, its problems, it does not need you. It will carry on after you're gone. With almost no one aware you left except those immediately around you. So, just for a matter of a more, just practice stopping. Shut the door. Be alone. Just stop for a moment. Stop the phone. Turn off your cell phone. Turn off your computer. Turn off anything electronic. Make sure you've got no one to interrupt you. Just stop so you've got unhurried time to focus on the Lord. Second, you begin to praise Him. You just begin to start to speak. Speak language of thanksgiving. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, as we praise Him, His presence begins to come. So you can actually do this as you're driving in the car. You can do it if you're in your office, just shut the door. You can do it just in a moment. You can have a loan. Just begin to quietly praise the Lord. And then thirdly, you need to focus. The Bible says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know I'm God. So I've got to still myself. That means getting rid of distracting thoughts and allowing my mind to be just centered that God is here with me. The Spirit of God is dwelling within me and I become conscious. It's focusing your attention. Now, that means stopping your mind going all over the place. Of course, if you've got a busy mind and need to be in control, your mind will remember 103 things you have to do. You've just got to sit still, breathe quietly, close your eyes, begin to just begin to talk to the Lord and begin to become aware of Him. Gaze on Him with your eyes. Begin to see Him, picture Him. Thank you, Lord. You're here. You are with me. Allow all of your inner mind to just begin to focus on Him and to reach out and just embrace and enjoy His presence. Once you start doing that, you don't need to do much more. You can begin to lock into becoming aware of the presence of God. And then listen to Him. He may drop something into your heart. He may have something to say. He may just have words of love. He may just have reassurance. And you know all of this could take three to four minutes. Five minutes, something like that. That's all. But what you're doing is you're just stopping the pressure of the world, saying no to it, and you're withdrawing for a moment to refocus your inner man that I am connected to God and He loves me. And so you begin to gaze away. You begin to fix your mind on the Scripture, fix your mind uh, on Him, just begin to picture Him as your friend there to listen to you, to love you, and allow all of your inner man to just reach out and embrace Him and refuse the distraction around you. Now, it's a discipline to develop. Initially, when you try to develop it, it's a bit of a challenge because you just realize how busy you are, and your mind just goes everywhere. But I encourage you, if you were just over the next week or two, apart from having your morning time with the Lord, just through the day, just stop everything you're doing, begin to just start to become still, praise the Lord, become aware of His presence, begin to love Him and receive His love, what will happen is you start to become very conscious of the presence of God. Like right now, just as I did that, I'm suddenly aware of the presence of God. Suddenly become aware. See, if you just stop, it's, it's the hardest thing of all to do because the moment you stop, you be, all the noise that's inside you become aware of. 
And so that forces you to have to resolve it. But it's not hard. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for your presence with me now. Thank you, Lord, for your loving presence. I just begin to set my mind to see him there. He's my friend. Become aware of the Spirit of God is within me. And I love you, Holy Spirit. I just embrace you. I thank you. You're there to strengthen me and help me. You just become aware of his presence. The presence of God comes. He just suddenly comes upon you. You suddenly become aware of God. Very, very simply, very easily. And then God's be able to speak with you. God's able to do things. See, just a moment, Dot, just come here a moment. We just, just stand there, okay? You just want to close your eyes. So I've just got Dot to just stand beside me. I'm just going to put my hand upon his shoulder now. I'm not going to try and pray and minister to her, but I'll just do exactly the thing that I just shared. I'll just stop. I'll have to talk what I'm doing so you understand what I'm doing. But the first thing is I stop. I'm no longer interested in the message and preaching. I'm just interested in connecting strongly with the Lord. So I begin to still my heart and get rid of all distractions. Everyone here, I've just closed my eyes and shut you out. Even with Dot, I've just closed my eyes and just distanced myself from her for the moment. And just inside, I just begin to focus that Jesus is here. Spirit's within me. I become aware of his presence and his love. It's beginning to overwhelm me. And I can feel his presence now. And of course, God will begin to feel his presence too. He begin to feel the presence of the Lord. And the anointing would just be sitting upon her. Someone's holding her up. But just the presence of God. She becomes aware. Now, we have to learn how to connect quickly into the presence of God. And if you live a busy life and you never stop, when you do stop, you won't be able to stop the noise. There's just too much noise. Remember, all that noise is the world yelling, we're important. You have to serve all us. And there's another voice in there, a very quiet voice called the Holy Spirit. And he's just waiting to connect with you. The world outside you will be putting a demand on you. You've got to come through. You've got to do this. You've got to get that done. You've got to, it's just demand, 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 demand. And inside there's one coming and saying, I love you. I've got things to show you. I want to encourage you. You're doing well. What a difference. We need to stop more often. Just pause. Maybe you want to do it. Just go into the park and just stop. You can be walking along or just sitting in the park. You just become aware of the presence of God. And as you begin to practice doing that, it becomes easier and easier and easier to be in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, then you find you receive things from Him to minister to others. Lynn, quickly come. Just come right now. Just as I looked over to you and just stand over here, I just received something from God for you. You say, what is it? I don't know. All I know is I got something. So I'm just going to step out now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Lynn. Well, this is what I see. I just see that there's been many burdens hanging over you and the difficulty you've had is feeling like you always have to fulfill all these burdens and pressures. And the Lord's just going to teach you in these coming months how to release things to Him so you don't have to carry them. And this goes back over years when I just see like a yoke laid over you when you're a young man and you felt this, this belief formed in your heart 
I just got to do stuff. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, I need to do this. I need to do that. If I don't do this, then things are going to fall apart. And, and it became a burden that has crushed you over your life. And God today, right now, this, this moment, is breaking the yoke off your life. He's breaking the yoke of loneliness and grief and the pressure of having to do things to be accepted. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I just break that yoke now. Loose this man in Jesus' name. Loose I break the words of expectation over your life in Jesus' name. I break the bitter expectation you'll never be good enough. I break your agreement with the lie. I never do enough. I break that now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just stay with him. Stay with him. Put your hands around him. See, he's weeping because the Spirit of God has deeply touched his life. And that came out of me taking three minutes to stop and listen. And that's the kind of life God called us to live. A stopping, listening, encountering God life. It's not hard to do. It's not just for me. It's for every believer to carry the presence of God. Let's close our eyes now. Father in heaven, we just thank you. We have become so aware of your presence. So aware of your presence. So aware of your presence. Listen, there may be someone here today who doesn't know Jesus. You've never had a relationship with God and you can feel his presence here right now. Listen, friend, you need to respond and become a Christian today. Don't put it off any longer. Christian's a person who's opened their life to Jesus Christ, acknowledged that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose again. And that person has opened their life to be led by Jesus Christ, to discover their purpose, to discover their destiny, to walk with God. What a great life that is. Is there any person here today ready to receive Jesus, become a Christian? Quickly raise your hand so I can see. Any person here ready to receive Jesus? Raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. How many people here today have felt God challenge you about pausing, praise pauses, stopping just to experience God? How many people felt God say, good on you? How many people would be honest enough to admit you are driven and stopping is going to be one of the hardest things in your life you've ever done? There's a lot of people here today. Father, I just pray for each of these ones here. <clears throat> Listen, just as we, just before I pray, someone somewhere some time ago out of pain and distress you got the message I have to perform I have to do things if I don't do stuff I'll never be good enough and long after those conditions change that message is driving your life I would encourage you to stop and to reflect over the next months where and when that thing got into you and to actually reject the lie and allow the Lord to bring healing and the truth to you. So you, you're, you're not driven. You're still passionate. You're full of energy. You're still busy. But there's not a drivenness. Drivenness comes from the demonic realm. Drivenness comes from the flesh realm when we're broken and hurt and have got fear and pain inside. Look, you owe it to yourself to actually stop and to talk with yourself, talk with someone, and get to resolve that thing. Father, I just pray for each person here today 
that's just driven like that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand against every deceiving demon. We break your power off these loved ones. We release them to hear the voice of God. We release them to walk in freedom from the fear and the need to be in control, the drivenness that's challenged their life all these years. Father, I pray that 2009 will be a year of advancing and changing and growing in an amazing way in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every believer in the church that this will be a year of advancing in our intimacy with the Lord and growing in the things of the Spirit. Everyone said. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a great clap. Where's our musicians? Come on. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Ho, ho, ho. God bless you. Have a fantastic day.